Hello and welcome to Speedrun, the fast talking video game podcast where we talk about pretty much anything weird and retro that we find interesting. Hey, look, I did the thing. You did the thing. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm Jamie. I'm Jazzy. And today we are uh, we are made possible in part by Podbean. Hey, I'm real good at staying on top of this today. Podbean is this really great podcast platform that, well, it hosts Speedrun. And it's why you can find us on Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app. Uh, Spotify, etc. And if you would like to start a podcast of your own, which you should, we enjoy it. We enjoy listening to podcasts and want some great paid hosting, then go to podbean.com slash speedrun or use the code speedrun at checkout uh, to help us get a little bit of moolah. Listen, kiddos, listen up. I use Podbean for all of my clients and all of the shows that I work on, record, and edit. And they are what I like to call the shit. And that is straight from Jazzy's mouth. But, Trademarked. Would, would we call them pretty poggers? I would I would refer to them as a newly revitalized, not racist anymore pog jam. Excellent. The 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 one that the isn't isn't the pog champ emote on Twitch just like a, a like a, a smiling lizard now? Uh I have no idea. The I I I try my best not to pay attention to the goings-on of Twitch. Um, all I know is that they were filtering through a bunch of different streamers, all doing, like, the, the face right. and everything. Maybe it is a lizard now. That'd be cool. I, I like the lizard. We like a good lizard boy. But do you know what else we like here? What else do we like here? We like retro video games. Oh, I like those. I like those a lot. You know what I like more than anything else? Jimmy's mom. Hi, Jimmy's mom. I can't believe that made it into our fucking podcast. I'm so angry. There more and more of our in-jokes are getting into the show. They're not in-jokes anymore. They're out-jokes. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the wonderful world of NES game development. Something that I only learned about... Well, actually, I learned about when I was a kid. Thanks to a little game called Battle Kid... In the Fortress of Peril by Savat Games, which made me go on to a big thing where I where I learned how to ROM hack Mega Man games, and I tried to program one of my own, and then I gave up because assembly is hard. But Jazzy, yes, you are is. actually kind of decent on it, so go out as I go go up, go off on it as I start the timer. Oh gosh, thank you. Um, no, I agree. Assembly is very hard to pick up because it's very old, but um. We were we were planning out this week's uh, recording session. I mentioned, kind of. Well, actually, you mentioned. Hey, I've noticed. I've been noticing you've been doing a lot of family tracker. Yeah. And I said, oh, thanks. I'm, I'm playing around with NES development. And you were like, what? <laughs> we should talk about that about that on the show. I said, I will happily talk about developing for the Nintendo Entertainment System on the show. Yes. Um, I recently watched out. a documentary called The New Eight Bit Heroes. And it is about a guy who um, is is feeling like kind of creatively hungry. So he goes back to his uh, his hometown and he goes through like his parents' shed, garage, storage, and he finds uh, his school notebook. And in there were basically all the childhood marker and crayon design documents for an NES game called Mystic Searches. Over the course of the film, which is like a hefty, like two hours, like it's a good length for a film. 
Damn. Um, yeah, no, he goes through the entire development process from like planning it out to building a team to traveling the world to make it happen to like doing a Kickstarter, developing the game, marketing it. Like the whole thing start to finish is videotaped and you see like the ups and downs and the eventual very, very happy ending. And um, so he released it, but he also released the toolkit that uh, he and his team kind of inadvertently built. Uh, it's called NES Maker. Uh, you can find it on the new 8bitheroes.com. Uh, we are not paid to say this. I am just promoting it because it's it is cool. really cool software from a really so cool, cool guy. It's super duper cool. It is literally everything you need to put together an NES game from scratch from scratch to cartridge all in one program, including the flashing, which is really cool. So, so I've been dipping my toes into that. Like I've been writing music in family tracker. I've been making some pixel art and sprites and animations, and I've been playing around with assembly code. And I actually had like some very rough playable results that I'm playing in an emulator and they sell a kit with like a like a cartridge and effectively like a little like USB e cable that you like plug the cart into and you burn the data onto it and can play it on real hardware. I'm like, well, this is great. That's so <laughs> that's awesome. so freaking cool. I'm sorry. It's that's... so it's oh, so cool. That's amazing. Um, I think the most fun part, um, the whole film is about how artists can thrive under limitations um and as we know uh the nes is very uh low tech by today's standards mm -hmm. the absolute maximum that a rom including the save file can be is 512 kilobytes not megabytes one half of one megabyte so you have to push everything into that space and it is very hard but you have to remember they fit the original Super Mario 1 in 40 kilobytes. So it's very doable. Um, other than that, every single tile in Sprite can only have three colors plus black as a default. So you mm -hmm. have three colors to express a character. And I've been working with that limitation and I have come up with some pretty cool looking results. Um, the other one that's really, as a lot of people know, I'm a musician and recording engineer by trade, and um, I went to college for it and everything. Uh, you only get five audio channels. Mm -hmm. uh, you get a square wave, a square wave, a triangle wave, a noise wave, and a digitizer, which for those who are not familiar with audio production sound like ee, ee, ooh, uh, respectively in that order. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, you have to use a program like FamiTracker to physically program it, it doesn't create the music file like something like pro tools or logic would it basically writes sheet music and you take that you plug it into the program and then the program shows the 6502 processor hey here's some sheet music now play it like you're not actually putting files 
and and this is what's like amazing about the whole process is that you are never putting files onto a cartridge. You're effectively just building a binary and hex code database that gives instructions to the processor. Like every single uh, tile on the screen, every single sprite has like every slot in which graphics can exist on the screen has a memory address and it mm -hmm. can be like, oh, at this address, draw this tile. The tile references this part of the code and the code says in this eight by eight square, this color, this color, this color in these locations. And it is remarkably complex, but also so low level and surface level and easy to understand, even for like a hobbyist, if you like really like dig your teeth into it. And as someone who's really interested in computer science, this has been such a cool learning experience, just like digging into this old technology. And it, it's, I, I'm sorry, I am. No, I'm very I, excited. I think this, about I think this, this is like, because like I've, I've taken a brief look at NES Maker after you told me about it. And it's mm -hmm. funny because I, I, I'm just going to give some context. I was sent uh, one of the new versions of RPG Maker to review last year. And it, it was pretty fun, you know. But NES Maker really, just by looking at I want to dive in because I'm getting the same feeling just looking at it and listening to you hear about it that I did when I first discovered RPG Maker's 03 and XP back in the day. Except yeah. this has more limitations, which I think is a good thing because I think limitations birth creativity. But also because you can write games to an actual cartridge, which is so... It, it's, well, it's cool, you know? It's amazing. It has, it has the compiler, the assembler, everything in one program. And it's not expensive either. But if you're going to get it, absolutely check out the documentary. Uh, the New 8-Bit Heroes, once again, is the title. Um, that will really like kind of kickstart your creative juices and everything. I cannot recommend that movie enough. Again, we have not been paid to say this. I you just think just it's cool. Very, we do think it's cool. <laughs> and very if, they, if they would like to pay us, kind of we will. I mean, Jamie at stuffweplay.com slash jazzy at stuffweplay.com. Get in touch. Why don't we start small and just invite them on the show first? Oh, even better. <laughs> even you know, actually legit. I think I'd like that even better. I would like that better. <laughs> I know that for darn certain. Yeah. But that has been like the past week of my life. And it's funny you mentioned RPG Maker um, because I, I've gotten a little renewed interest in the PS1 recently, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the announcement of the PS1 Digital, which is a HDMI uh, mod board, which I'm going to solder in because it looks like a very fun soldering project. Um, but... I I for, I totally forgot that RPG Maker One existed mm. on the PS One, and yes. you have to very arduously like go and like type in all the letters <laughs> one by one, mm -hmm. but it's there and it does technically work. And I was like, this is amazing. I I should play this. And then I also thought, wait a minute, <laughs> I it would be very difficult to do custom graphics or custom anything it's basically like the it's it's ba it's kind of like a game jam where it's just like here's some standard assets go make radically different things 
And right. that's not dunking on <laughs> that's not dunking on RPG Maker for the PlayStation One. That's just like the it's limitation. The of the beast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then I was looking at RPG Maker like XP and everything because, as I've said, I'm I'm like a. <laughs> I, I'm like a 25 year old boomer in a lot of ways <laughs> so I just like oh what's the oldest software I can run on my Windows XP machine with a CRT monitor for maximum nostalgia and um, I was like well you can't g go much further past the NES unless, unless you start getting into like the Odyssey and that is that's not homebrew that I feel a lot of nostalgia for <laughs> but um we're but right at up. time, but I do have one question because you mentioned about NES Maker and Famitracker. Yes. Uh, does NES Maker support... I, I know there, there weren't any American cartridges that use these, but does NES Maker support Famitracker tunes that, say, would take advantage of an extended chip like uh, a VRC 6 or 7 oh. or uh, even something that could use FDS sound? So you're talking about things like the Japanese version of Castlevania 3, basically. Yeah, or even like Lagrange Point or, or something. Uh, you know, I will search the forums for that. I am not sure. Um, it is The program is a work in progress, and it is constantly being updated with new features and bug fixes and everything, and it is very new software. Um, I feel like that's a thing that, if it's not already in, that they will want to add. And everything, right. and also that's also contingent on you being able to source a an an NES board that has the chipset on it, which you can totally like make your own PCB and solder on your own chips, right? If you know how to do that and are anal retentive enough to do such, but if you want to use just like the very like stock ready to go options. Uh, maybe maybe not um i really like only having five channels though i um for the tracks i've been doing i've only been using four channels because i want to keep one open for my sound effects and it's so refreshing going from like these big sweeping scores that i have to write of like all these parts and compressors and uh in pitch correction and all this like crazy stuff that's going on and not to mention the harmonic shifters and all, all going right. from all that in a pro tool session down to four channels four or four channels for three sounds and that's it and i'm like oh this is like a breath of fresh air so i just plugged in my usb keyboard and beep boop, beep boop done i can just like crank out a, a track in a day that sounds fantastic Famitracker itself is so robust, too. Like, the, the, I feel like we could do an entire episode on trackers, though, you know, talk about, like, Mod Tracker and Famitracker and even, like, LSDJ and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I love Famitracker because not only does it have natural integration with Nestmaker, it, it's also, it does exactly what it says it does. And that's it. It mm. is very straightforward and... As someone of Irish German descent, I appreciate that efficiency. It's just like the program does this, and there you go. Have fun. <laughs> just like to the point. <laughs> I like that. It's a utilitarian program. It's the people's tracker. <laughs> so to wrap this discussion up with a little bow, would you recommend both Fama Tracker and NES Maker say to people who are interested? Because this was a I, I feel a fairly surface level look. 
would you recommend it to folks who say have no experience whatsoever uh, with game creation or game composing? If the NES is a console that you want to develop for, and make no mistake, the NES is a very good console to develop for. Um, It really is. I can honestly recommend uh, these programs for the experienced individual like myself, all the way down to the absolute beginner with like just basic computer skills. Like if you've never touched a line of code before, you're totally fine. You technically don't need to write any code in order to use this. Pretty much everything you need to work the program is either free or already on your computer to begin with. It is, it's really like the entry bar is so low now and I cannot recommend it enough. Even if you just want to have some fun with creativity and all that good stuff. You love to see it. You love to see it. So with that, that mildly blew my mind. (laughs) No, (laughs) I feel like I just like, hey, Jazzy, talk about your special interest. Okay. Jazzy (laughs) talks about special interest. Jamie grinning in the background like an idiot, like that. That's cool. That's so freaking cool. But I can't say it out loud because I don't want to peek the mic more. (laughs) That's freaking cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll toast to that, (laughs) bro. So yeah, that has been an, ep- an entire episode of me talking about my special interests. <laughs> so Jazzy, where can people find us if they have ideas for future episodes of Speedrun? Well, I'm glad you asked. They can email uh, the two of us, or one of the two of us, at jamie at stuffweplay.com, or jazzy at stuffweplay.com, or uh, help me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> My brain just short circuited. It's all all good. We also have a stuff we play Discord server because stuff we play is the, the YouTube channel brand we use, and speedrun is a part of stuff we play. Speaking of which, subscribe to us on YouTube, join us on Patreon, and get episodes a week early at patreon.com/speedrun. And uh, thank you again, Podbean, for uh, helping us put on the show. So yeah, yeah. So I have been Jamie. I have been Jazzy. Thank you very much for listening. Stay classy and we'll see you next time. Bye.